It's dollars and cents here. I'm back. It's Tuesday. You know I got IPL news. You know I got gaming news. I really don't know where to start. Actually, I think I'll probably start with the gaming news because there's a lot less of that and everything else. Fighting game publisher and developer SNK. Some of y'all may be familiar with that, depending on your age. Is bringing back Samurai Showdown. Now, this weapon-based fighting game returns to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in June. It'll hit Nintendo Switch on the end of the year, the end of 2019. Now, Samurai Showdown was originally a 2D game. They are going to give the game a nice facelift, making it 3D. All the classic characters are going to return. On top of getting three new characters, they're going to have four modes. Story, campaign, online battle, and offline battle. Just something you really don't get. But the real kicker for for this game is something they're calling Dojo Mode. Now, from my understanding, it's going to use deep machine learning to create a CPU avatar. Now, this is the game itself. You don't. The game is going to create its own avatar and will learn from the player when the player fights it's going to monitor the battles and when you're not playing it's going to teach itself how to fight later you can upload the avatar that the game (laughs) creates and it can play or fight against other avatars that other players games have created and apparently this will be something that you know it's an interesting concept i'd love to see how this is going to work out um i think that's really interesting i think they should have it to where you could literally play against your game the avatar that your game made instead of like how the characters are kind of pre-done like you're your game being able to make one that you can play against. But with this, it's, you know, the the avatar versus other avatars from other players because, you know, it's going to be online. And they're going to have a 1 to 100, which is pretty much your avatar keeps fighting as many avatars as it can and sees if it gets to 100. And apparently it's supposed to be a whole big thing that's interesting the game makes its own avatar and learns when you're not playing it's learning i like that that's that's that has legs that has a lot of legs alibaba which is an e-commerce company traded under baba b-a-b-a has acquired infinite augmented reality That's an Israeli startup. The two companies have had a strategic partnership for a while. You know, they're not brand new to each other. Uh, They've been together since 2016. Led to a lot of collaborations in augmented reality, computer vision, artificial intelligence projects. Uh, Now, the Infinity Augmented Reality. I keep wanting to say Infinity War. Uh, Pfft. You just, 
you can't blame me. <laughs> the Infinity Augmented Reality. They've made a lot of augmented glasses that can be used in a wide range of industries like retail, gaming, especially gaming, medical, etc. Now, terms of the deal were not disclosed. But um, when it comes to Alibaba, they don't really make a lot of bad deals. I'm <laughs> just being honest. That's their big deal. Um, their stock today is at one seventy-seven ninety-seven. It has increased from the beginning of the year, which it was at one thirty-six seventy at the beginning of twenty nineteen. Uh, for those of you not really familiar with Alibaba, they're the well, I said they're an e-commerce company. To put some perspective on that. Amazon's big over here. Alibaba's big on the other side of the world. Like, they're a big deal. And really, they're very similar. It's Amazon's not just e-commerce. Amazon is technology. So is Alibaba. They have a lot of similarities. It's a, uh, they're a part of Alibaba Group Holding, which is a Chinese multinational conglomerate that really just encompasses everything, internet, technology, e-commerce, retail, etc., um, since I'm in retail with this conversation, Levi's went public for the second time since Levi's has been alive because it's a 165-year-old company. Uh, they did they went public again last week under Levi. Can't say they really took off like a rocket because... They really kind of glided down like a paper airplane. Started off 2241. Last time I checked, it was 2182. Matter of fact, while I I do this, I'm going to go take a peek, see what it's done. But when Levi's actually first went public, it was $60. So... Think about this. It went public in 1971. That share price was $60. It goes public again in 2019 and it's not even $25. It's, you got to think, the market wasn't as crowded when it comes to denim and clothing back then. You didn't have a lot of options. Now, it's not as hard for somebody to come up with their own line and be selling it on Shopify, Amazon, wherever. You know, the the argument is, you know, they're an American-owned company. They're well-known. I know who Levi's is. My kid don't know who Levi's is. If you ask a lot of people... Under the age of 20, they'd be like, they might be familiar, but they probably don't wear it. Uh, Now, granted, numbers-wise, they make up for 5% of the global jeans market in 2018, last year. Um, But they don't disclose their earnings in China. So, yeah. But that's only to assume that it's probably good, but it could be bad, to be honest. The real thing is they're probably just doing the public launch, uh, public availability of the IPO, 
as I tell people to get money that they can use to expand, uh, probably will double down in their business in Asia and other developing companies, countries like South America, certain parts of South America, India. I don't, this is, this is, I wouldn't touch Levi's. I'm just, to be honest, I wouldn't touch Levi's. I don't see how Levi's is going anywhere. Even with the option that they're doing to get the youth, which is to customize their brand, adding logos or what have you to jeans and shirts or jackets. I don't think that's really going to be as appealing as they would like it to seem. People might like other companies have did that. Nike has done that. Adidas have done that. It it didn't really take off with them either. So I'm to me this is a, a straight miss. Like if I no thank you. If you say hey, we'll give you some shares of Levi's right now, or you could take the cash value of it right now. I'll take the cash. I don't want to. I don't want to share, so I'll take the cash. Give me the cash. Yoonji is a uh, filing with the, they filed their prospectus with the SEC last week. They're preparing to be an IPO in America. Yoonji is kind of billed as a social e-commerce service, meaning it uses social relationships on apps like WeChat to engage and sell to its users. Uh, they had 23.2 million buyers which is pretty much what they call the people that use it in 2018. The company has not yet turned a profit. Uh, this is a startup, mainly based out of Asia, China, or Asia still, sorry. Here's the thing about UG. Uh, <laughs> they use something called an innovative membership-based e-commerce model where people pay a fee, gain access to a variety of benefits and discounts, and then they open micro stores, and then the people that open micro stores get compensated for selling stuff in those stores and recruiting other people to join and make their own micro stores and sell stuff in their stores, and the more people you get to join in, you, you see where I'm going? You see, that, that sounds familiar? Like, you know, something shaped like a pyramid. Yeah. I I, I got exes that thought they were going to be multimillionaires by doing things like that. Needless to say, not now one of them crossed the, the, <laughs> the couple thousand mark. It sounds so much like a pyramid scheme that they got fined in China. Uh, I think they got fined. Not a lot. It was like 1.4 million. Now, their argument is, oh, you know, China changes their parameters for stuff. That still sounds like a pyramid scheme. We have those in America all the time. Like, I've had so many females on my social media that are selling some type of facial thing or lose weight thing or some type of thing. And it's always, they're a diamond seller and you're a bronze seller and ruby and they're trying to get the platinum. Like, that's what that is. It's the same thing. You're doing it online. No, that's 
Get out of here. Nobody got time for that. I mean, if, far be it for me to stop you from investing if that when that goes public. But, I mean, nah, I'll pass. Hard pass. CVS will be selling CBD. If you don't know what CBD is, it's hemp-derived cannabis oil known CBD will be sold as topical products, though. You're not going to go get CBD gummy bears out of CVS. Not yet. But I'm hoping this is the direction. <laughs> like, see, let CVS be the biggest retailer. They're the first ones that started. I'd love it. Let's go in that direction, CVS. I, I, I see you. But they're going to sell uh, topical products, creams, sprays, salves, lotions uh, that are derived from CBD. This will only be in a couple states, obviously, because, you know, everybody's not with it yet. These states are going to be California, India, Maryland, Tennessee, and Alabama. Now, the company that they're going to get these products actually from is called Cureleaf. They are a publicly traded cannabis company. Isn't that the best thing to hear? They go under... The C-U-R-L-F moniker. They are on the OTC market, though. Uh, It's important because you go looking on NASDAQ and they ain't there. That's because they're on OTC. Now, the company did start off this year at $5.05. They're currently at $9.01. This could be what they need. To uh, get some growth, you know they're they're not that old a company. Can't sit here and be like they've been traded for a long time. They just got on the market November second, twenty eighteen, uh, which they debuted at eight dollars and forty three cents. So yeah, they they have they significantly dropped. But to me, that just shows that they haven't peaked yet how much peaking they will do. No idea. None. Now, CVS, you know, CVS, publicly traded also under CVS. Um, they opened 2019 at 65.58 a share. As of right now, CVS is at, checking the old ticket to talk, talk. Is at fifty five ninety nine a share, but CVS also has dividends, three point fifty seven percent. Dividends are always good. I can't stress long term investing enough. I just literally had to say something on my Instagram. Like if you're out here and you're gonna, you think you're gonna invest in May and get a three hundred percent return in June, you're funny. Can that happen? Sure. Does that happen? That has to be like the super rarest thing. A couple months, I've seen that happen. 60 days, 90 days. I've seen something like that happen over a time period. And it just 60, 90 days. Those are still rarities in themselves. You know, Toyota did it uh, back in the day. I've talked about that already. Uh, before, 
uh, another cannabis company did something like that. Um, I feel like I would confuse their name with another one because one of them start, both of them start with a C. So I don't want to guess. But a uh, cannabis company also had really good growth like that. But like I said, it's it's a long time thing. <clears throat> Pinterest, if you're unaware, their IPO is coming. They're supposed to debut also in April with Uber. Those are the two debuting in April. We are expecting Lyft this week. Uh, it's Tuesday. Lyft, um, Lyft should be dropping by Friday. I'm going to say Thursday, to be honest. Pinterest is a 10-year-old visual search engine. It unveiled its S1 and dropped an IPO. It's trying to do in April. Pinterest is valued at $12.3 billion in 2017. San Francisco base. It's going to trade under pins. And they posted a revenue last year of $755.9 million, which is up significantly from the $472.8 billion. Ah, my, I'm so sorry. These are millions. The 472.8 million from 2017. Uh, that, that's a pretty significant increase there. I was recently having a discussion with one of my employees about Pinterest. My opinion was Pinterest had no legs. But they reminded me of things of what Pinterest is really used for. A lot of, you know, visually, it is really a visual search engine. A lot of people do use that for shopping. Their demographic is mainly female. I mean, of course, guys do use it and stuff. But it is an extremely visual page. A lot of things are used either just for the visuals and for shopping. There's a lot of marketing done on there by companies. So... It it does. It if it stays in its niche and doesn't try to be Facebook, doesn't try to be Instagram, doesn't try to be anything else than more what it is, and try to build somehow in its visual shopping marketing niche, it could be interesting. Pinterest has been quiet. You can't sit there and be like, you know, Pinterest made a bunch of acquisitions. <laughs> but it's not to say that this company doesn't have something up their sleeve. Because they definitely could have something up their sleeve when they drop in April. McDonald's has bought, is going to acquire, let me say, Dynamic Yield. Now, McDonald's is not known for making acquisitions like that, but this is the biggest acquisition this company's made in over 20 years. It's rumored to be around about $300 million. Dynamic yield is an Amazon-styled, personalized experience. Uh, pretty much the plan is your drive-up menu. We all know McDonald's changes a lot. They've changed their inside menus. They've changed their outside menus. There's going to be another change coming. It's going to be more tailored to the person. Kind of like how your, you know, Amazon suggests things for you. The menu is too. If you're ordering, you know, a McDouble, 
with bacon and fries, it may suggest a combo or it may suggest a large Coke. Like it's going to make suggestions as you order food. You know, would you like extra sauce? It's going to make suggestions. Visually, that's going to be interesting because I love to see how that's going to uh, work. Uh, they also say things like it's going to be tailored to weather. That I really want to see. What I'm expecting is probably like it will be a lot more animated than a static McDonald's menu. That would be very awesome. That would be extremely awesome. So I, I don't put that past McDonald's because just that visual alone will get people that don't typically come to McDonald's just to come to see the menu, you know, move see the sun come across the sky or, you know, something like that. Um, they also will do trending items. As that's going to come off is pretty much if there's you're in line at the drive through The previous bunch of cars have all kind of ordered the same thing or something similar. You will see trending items. This location, everybody seems to be getting the McNuggets. Everybody seems to be on the new bacon Big Mac, you know, etc. Lord knows trending items will never be ice cream because that ain't never seem to have that because you can spend $300 million to acquire a company, but we can't get the ice cream machines to work ever, ever. But... Let's talk about Uber. Uber's coming. They're coming in April. We know they're coming. Pinterest is coming. Lyft is going to be here sooner than the rest of them. But Uber's going to make sure that y'all understand that they're going to look better in every possible way than Lyft. They've just acquired the Middle Eastern company, Dubai-based ride-hailing service, Kareem. There's been rumors about this for a while, about a month or so. The deal's going to be worth $3.1 billion with a combination of $1.4 billion in cash and $1.7 billion in convertible notes. This can only make Uber look better. Uber is international. Lyft is not. I, I've talked about the comparisons between Lyft and Uber. Um, Lyft is... America, Canada, Uber is literally international. They're not everywhere. Some places they were, they're not. Like in 2016, Uber had the Uber sold its Chinese arm to a local e-taxi giant uh, in a $35 billion deal. Even though they later joined forces with a different taxi company in Europe. But then it'll get rid of another company in Southeast Asia months later. So it's kind of a back and forth, but businesses like that. Uh, I still feel like Lyft has the lead with the self-driving. Uber's still playing catch-up on that, but it's an international, local, big difference, big difference. As some of you all know, Apple debuted a bunch. It was Apple's time, Apple's week. 
You had an Apple card. You had Apple games. You had Apple TV. We know when Apple does this thing, Apple going to make noise. Um, of course, with the gaming and TV, those are things that we kind of expected to come because everybody else is already out there. When it, especially when it comes to streaming, Apple just really was like iTunes and that's it. And Apple TV never really did anything because everybody's streaming somewhere else. They've got a couple of names behind them. Oprah and you know a couple directors and things but I don't know if these things are going to pull people given the Netflix lead even Facebook is getting traction with their TV YouTube TV yeah, uh, some hear stuff they're decent they have room for improvement Hulu definitely out there and with Disney doing their Disney Plus app soon with the humongous library that they have, Apple doesn't have a lot other than they're going to have to create their own content. But they'll be doing that playing catch up to people that do it on a regular basis. The Netflix, the Disney, the HBO, those are regular all they can do is really sell you a subscription to the HBO, Showtime, etc. But also things that you can get from Amazon. So there's it's, it's a they're late to the game on that one, gaming platform wise. Unless they come out with their version of <laughs> battle royale type games, they're going to be competing against a lot of steep steep competition. Where mobile gaming is, I mean, just not even including esports, but I have to bring up esports because that's kind of what's put mobile gaming into the the arena it's in. That was what's really catapulted it was is esports and the battle royale has really pushed everything into that arena, you know. Arena of Valor and the Fortnites and the PUBGs, Clash of Clans, those have really pushed mobile gaming. So I don't, I don't see where Apple has a real leg except for the diehard Apple people, which there are a lot of. I don't think it's going to affect their money. It's not going to affect their stock price at all, at all. They're still going to be in the thousands. So, but I just don't see. They have a long way to go to get where they need to be. Let me say that. They have a long way to go to get where they want to be as it pertains to that. I think the Apple card is going to be the most significant thing. That is going to be very significant. Uh, That can definitely change the game. So that's something I'm definitely keeping an eye on to see uh, how the Apple card works out, which it, it essentially is a credit card, but I definitely want to see how all that works out. That's the thing that piqued my interest the most was the Apple card. Spotify announced plans to acquire Parcast. Uh, Parcast 
podcast, audio, radio, reimagined. It's a scripted entertainment podcast studio, which stream it's the it's the third largest streaming podcasting pickup uh, by far. They didn't disclose any financial terms at all. But uh, Spotify has been on really a podcast thing, which I'm not complaining about. Because uh, technically they bought the platform you're listening to me on. So I definitely want Spotify to do excellent and do great with it. Um, Podcast was founded in 2016. Uh, it launched 18 premium podcast series to date and has more than 20 shows in development that are slated to launch later this year. I think that is kind of smart because you have scripted entertainment podcasts that is becoming, I see a rise in that, which to be funny, it's interesting how before television, radio was scripted. They had scripted radio shows that were back in the day, people sat in front of a radio and listened to scripted shows. One of those being The Shadow, which, yes, I bring it up because, you know, the Baldwin, uh, Alec Baldwin did a remake of The Shadow movie back in the 90s. So, you know, comic books still calm down. Don't judge me. But that was a huge thing back in that era. Scripted talk radio. And to see this surgence of scripted podcasts, which essentially is scripted radio on your phone, it really reflects how some trends come back around. And in some aspects of our culture, things come full circle. And this is an interesting time to watch that. Uh, as it happens, I definitely think scripted podcasting will become a thing. I don't have any intent to do that at all. Even though I can change my voice a lot, I have no intentions on doing such. Currently. Currently. Somebody cut me the right check, though. I'm in the game. <laughs> but that's going to be all for dollars and cents. Oh, let me give you all Spotify. Sorry. Spotify is publicly traded, ladies and gentlemen. In case you didn't know that either, that happened, I recall that happened last year, matter of fact, 2018, let me double check, it did, they went public, from what I can tell, April of 2018, they actually debuted at $161.70, whoa, they're currently at $137.88 though. So, they did have an uptick around August of last year, but then it's been kind of a plateau. Now, not a deep plateau, just kind of a slope, and they've been on the rise pretty much out of December. Pretty much when they started doing a lot of the podcast acquisitions, they started to come back up. So, podcast saved today. Yay, yay. No dividend yield on Spotify. Uh, it is traded under spot, S-P-O-T. 
And that's going to do it for this episode of Dollars and Cents, ladies and gentlemen. Hit that like button. Hit that share button if you have not already. Uh, thank everybody for listening. Big, big shout out to some of the donations I have received. The end game is beyond the podcast. The end game is to really go after some of these investing apps uh, to add a lot more transparency, to not just talk and give information through the podcast, to make it so the information I give is easily accessible to those that truly want to invest and to help them invest by really... Mm, hard to describe. Really, really opening up other venues besides the traditional pick one stock, figure out one stock, pick that, and make it more of a community of investors. You know, a community of noobs, if you will. You know, because sometimes it's easier to do things with your friends, but that's not really a thing you can do in Robin Hood and stuff like that. So it's, it's just to give you a little bit, it, it's something that's, that's our long term to grow beyond the podcast. We want to keep the podcast, but we're going to grow beyond that, beyond just the, just my voice and talking about money. I'm a show and help people physically make money myself and allow for transparency that you don't typically get, that you don't get in an app which is a human person or people because, you know, I'll have staff. Like I said, like button, share button, subscribe button, hit every button you can, replay button, hit that one. Um, <clears throat> for those of you listen to us on Podcast Addict, thank you. We recently found out that we were on Podcast Addict. We've probably been there for a while and didn't know it, <clears throat> which... Actually, happens a lot. If you listen to us on Podcast Addict, thank you very much. But if you listen to us on anything, thank you. Love my listeners. And as always, keep your mind on your money. Any money on your mind. Later. <laughs>